0: The best impact you can have, I believe, is providing somebody with a good job. We shouldn't get too um, flowery about uh, sustainability and impact and that uh, the only way somebody can have impact is by starting a company that's going to change the world or fix every problem that's out there. It's actually much more basic and achievable, and it's something that many CEOs and many companies have actually been doing for decades, way before the word sustainability became part of the business nomenclature.
1: Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Tech, sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, UpWest Labs, Synergy Global, Hilal at Stanford, Leap, Birthright Excel, Serona Partners, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Today, I am honored to be joined by Ron Gonen, the founder and CEO of Closed Loop Partners, a New York-based investment firm comprised of venture capital, growth equity, private equity, project finance, and an innovation center focused on building the circular economy. Prior to Closed Loop Partners, Ron was the Deputy Commissioner of Sanitation, Recycling, and Sustainability in New York City in the Bloomberg Administration, and the co-founder and CEO of RecycleBank. Ron received an MBA from Columbia Business School and has been an adjunct professor at his alma mater since 2010. Ron Gunen, welcome to Twenty Minute Leaders. Thank you so much for joining me from New York. I'm so honored to have you here. We're gonna have such a good time. How are you?
0: I'm doing well, thank you, and looking forward to the conversation.
1: I, I wish I could show just you know 30 degrees to your right where we were at before, but the sun is too beautiful and bright today that it's not allowing the webcam to see. So we were settling for your nice wall <laughs> with a plant, but but I trust me, the offices are beautiful. I saw it a second ago, uh, Ron. Your your background is is so fascinating. Um. From being, you know, a consultant with Deloitte and then entrepreneur and running a company, going to public policy, working for the Bloomberg administration as deputy commissioner of sanitation, recycling and sustainability. I have to tell you, I still can't figure out where do I put the, the different pieces. So I'm still learning on that on, on a personal level. And then uh, also founder and CEO of the Closed Loop Partners, which is, a, I think, a beautiful name for, for a, a group that is considering the circular economy. So Ron, thank you so much for joining me. Looking through your journey... Was this always the the trajectory, knowing that you're going to be dealing with the circular economy, with sustainability, already from a young age?
0: The the inspiration was always to be doing this. I feel very fortunate to be in the position I am today. I'm one of those people that in high school, when my parents' friends would ask me, what are you planning to do with your life? And I would talk about my interest in uh, sustainability and impact. Uh, they would sort of shake their heads and say, you know, you seem like a good student and a smart kid. Uh, wait until you have to start paying bills and start a family. And and then you'll understand that you have to go down a, a different path. And uh, I feel very fortunate to be somebody that has really been able to uh, fulfill their um, aspiration to pursue this kind of professional Uh, Lifestyle. So there's been a number of ups and downs and twists and turns uh, along the way and and lessons learned, but uh, the trajectory has always been um, something that uh, I've planned for and wanted to pursue.
1: May of 2004, uh, you've spent a few years doing consulting before that, but you're running a sustainability company called Recycle Bank. Today, you know if you're running a sustainability company, everybody you know claps for you and there's <laughs> different funds that are that are you know tailored exactly for you. I don't think that was the case in in two thousand and four really what what was that experience like
0: uh it It was an interesting experience uh, so I went back to business school at Columbia Business School in two thousand and two previous to that, I'd been in management consulting at Deloitte and had a great experience uh, learning about business and software, and it actually gave me a really important foundation, but I realized after a certain period of time in management consulting uh, that I was getting into my mid and late 20s, and my real passion was in this area of sustainability and the intersection between uh, s- social impact and producing great financial returns, which I thought was where the world should be heading. And so went back to business school, Columbia Business School, and my first day there, Uh, Everyone was asked, what do you want to do when you graduate? And there were a bunch of responses regarding investment banks and strategy consulting and hedge funds. And then I communicated my interest around building a company at this intersection between sustainable business practices and maximizing returns and silence. (laughs) (laughs) People literally thought that I had come to the wrong meeting and that I was actually supposed to be at teacher's college or at... Um, the program for you know, social work and asked me, you know, are you in the right place? I said, absolutely. Um, this is going to be my my focus. And then people realized, okay, he is in the business school. They probably let him in because when Columbia has a situation where some hedge fund guy or iBanker gets arrested for malfeasance or this or that, Columbia will be able to point to this guy who's doing something good with his MBA, not making any money, but at He'll least be on the he's brochure. doing something good. Yeah. <laughs> and now, fast forward. While I was at business school, I founded my co-founded my first company, Recycle Bank, and Columbia Business School actually became the seed investor. uh wow. In uh, in the company, uh, and I um, ended up uh, graduating and having launched my company while at Columbia with them as the seed investor.
1: Un- unbelievable! And so you move then from business school the entrepreneurship scene to public policy with with uh, Michael Bloomberg's administration holding a, a really interesting position at a really interesting point in time you know from 2012 to 2014 it, uh, from what I recall this was also a time where where things were, were really picking up and people were beginning to understand the importance of what you do and and, I, and I'm assuming whoever held this position 30 years ago probably had a different experience than, than the one you had in 2012. What, what was that like for you both with with Bloomberg but in general in the, in that public policy space?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, interestingly, the position was actually created by the deputy mayor at that time, someone named Cass Holloway, who looked around and recognized that the way sanitation was being managed in New York City, which is the largest sanitation agency in North America, was antiquated and very inefficient from a financial standpoint. The city was paying $400 million a year to export waste to out-of-state landfills when much of that could be recycled locally. And so the deputy mayor created this new position called uh, Deputy Commissioner for Sanitation, Recycling, and Sustainability. And I was recruited uh, into the Bloomberg administration to uh, build out uh, the next um, iteration of what uh, the sanitation department should look like, which was really uh, the next um, generation way to manage resources in a city.
1: Incredible, and so spending that time right after, you know, being in in the business world, the entrepreneurship world, is that was that an easy transition, a very trivial one for you? How how, how did that personally feel going through that?
0: Well, I think joining the Bloomberg administration was a type of once in a lifetime yeah. experience. Uh, I encourage everybody to pursue uh, public office um, in some capacity if they can sometime in their life. I think it's a very rewarding thing to be able to serve your community. Uh, but I think doing so can be very challenging with lots of ups and downs, and you have to pick the right moment in time to do it. Uh, fortunately, I came into an uh, administration that I think uh, is was very, very unique and very special, and I'm very grateful for that. And I was able to learn a lot about how Mayor Bloomberg had put this management team together and how he managed. And I was also able to supplement my business skills with things that you have to learn in government that you can then take back to business. And the most uh, salient of those skills was how to build consensus. Uh, In government, even with a powerful mayor like Mayor Bloomberg, there's multiple constituents that need to agree before you can move forward. And developing that skill set and then bringing it back to business, I found to be very rewarding.
1: I I love it. So, you know, talking about, you know, the most recent meaningful endeavor that, that you've been working on over the last several years, closed-loop partners. I, I think that, you know, I, I got to spend some time looking over the different both companies that you've invested in. And I think there, there are a few things that make you very unique in the market, both the fact that you've found an organization that is acting really across the whole spectrum of investing from venture capital to to equity to all sorts of different really cool things. But But what's really interesting is the fact that, you know, it becomes remarkably noticeable as you enter, the focus that you have on sustainability and impact and, and it took me a few minutes, but then I made the connection between, you know, the closed loop partners and circular economy. So I'd love to start on, on the latter. Circular economy, what's happening to our world today in your perspective? And where are, where are you personally pushing us to move forward to in this circular economy type of world?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what we've been presented by many economists, Uh, many business leaders, many governments in the Western world is that we live in a uh, capitalist system that uh, promotes a meritocracy and whoever works the hardest and has the best product uh, wins and is rewarded. And that's what we've been told is the system that we live under and how things are structured. And when you actually take a look at the system, you begin to realize that that's not actually the case. The way our economy has actually been structured over the past 75 years is not as a meritocracy. It's not as a system where the person that works the hardest or the person that has the best product ends up winning. We've actually created a system that is designed for the financial benefit of certain industries that figured out a way to lobby themselves into a partnership with certain decision makers in government. And the net result of that is that we have a manufacturing system that's based on a linear economy where you extract a natural resource like oil or uh, ore for metal. Uh, You use that natural resource in a design process where the product is designed to be used essentially once and then disposed of in a landfill. And then you start that process all over again for a new product. That type of system works in the financial best interest of the extractive industries, oil, gas, timber, mining, and in the best financial interest of the landfill industries. But it's not the optimal system. It's not what a true capitalist would design or build. A true capitalist would build a system in which you optimized for efficiency, where you used material science to develop advanced products where you don't have to drill into the earth or extract natural resources. That's very expensive to do and it's very harmful for the environment. And you would design systems where you can continually recycle and continually reuse materials so you don't have to pay for landfills. And that was a recognition that I had and a number of other people had in that the most effective and efficient economy that we should be operating under is one that's circular where you're continually reusing materials. And that was really the genesis behind launching close with partners.
1: And what was the rationale behind performing that out of multiple investment arms that have unique expertises in their own domains? You know, these investment arms are vastly different in the way that they're doing diligence, the way that they're understanding the economy and and the world as a whole. Some of them are more tech-driven, some of them are more business-driven. How do you rationalize through this sort of community that you're building here or this sort of organization?
0: I was interested in designing a firm that would be able to invest anywhere along the gross trajectory of a solution. I knew that we were starting the firm at a point in which the circular economy was at a nascent stage. And so we needed to be able to have the flexibility to identify a bottleneck, identify a solution, and then apply the right type of capital towards that solution. And so we chose the industry sectors of uh, consumer products and packaging, fashion and apparel, food and ag, and electronics. And we look at the supply chains from A to Z in each one of those industries, identify where the bottlenecks are, identify where their solutions. And then if it's an early stage type solution, we have a venture fund that can apply capital. If it's an infrastructure type solution that requires project financing or debt, we pull it out of our infrastructure fund. If it's a opportunity to acquire a company and scale it, we pull comp- capital out of our PE fund. If it's a situation where we don't have a solution in the market and we recognize that somebody needs to incubate a solution, we have an innovation center that will literally uh, incubate a solution and commercialize it. And that's the structure behind the firm that enables us to invest anywhere along the growth trajectory of a solution.
1: Right. The experience of building the team for such a firm, you know, it doesn't require just the traditional expertise of, of being able to deploy capital and assess the business and, you know, the unit economics and, and the way the markets are run. But you're requiring people to both share a similar vision to yours and to participate in this, in, in this impact-driven mindset. What, what was that like, building out the team that, that is now pretty big? How many people are your closed loop partners now?
0: Uh, we're a little bit north of 40 people.
1: Wow. Amazing, so what was that like building it from the ground up?
0: Well, uh, going back to my Columbia Business School experience is uh, after I exited my first company, uh, Recycle Bank, uh, Columbia Business School uh, came and said, hey, we're actually interested in building out a program uh, around impact investing and socially responsible development of business. And you can see how things begin to change. So when I arrived in 2002, People thought I would actually was in the wrong uh, class and meeting in school when I was talking about social impact. Fast forward to eight years later, 2010, and Columbia Business School is now saying, hey, would you be interested in, in, in launching a course uh, on this? And uh, so I went back and started teaching a course on uh, entrepreneurship and, and social impact. And one of the key lessons I try to communicate to the students was, the three most important things I've learned in business are number one, people, number two, people, number three, people. <laughs> uh, and so uh, that's a long way to answer your question around how I built a team is that um, over the course of my business career, I've, I've had the good fortune to come into contact with really phenomenal people who have helped me uh, pursue my ventures Um and have stayed very loyal to me and, and my vision. And I've also been able to recruit really uh, phenomenal people. And so the development of Closed with Partners was a combination of this group of people that have really been with me for most of my career as, as co-founders and um, the, the ventures I launch, and then other people that uh, have either approached me or I've gone out and, and recruited. But the most important piece of this for anyone else out there looking to start a business is I've learned to invest an enormous amount of my time in recruiting people and developing culture.
1: I love it. I love it. And I'm going to continue using this as a segue. um, Your time is hugely valuable, Ron. And so I'm going to be very selfish and going to take up the last few minutes that we have for myself because I want to start a company sooner rather than later. And I want to make sure that I have a positive impact on the world. And I want to participate in the circular economy. And I want to make sure that I am a part of a solution and not a part of a problem. And so as I go about ideating for my own company, whatever it may be, what are some things that I should be keeping in mind very practically to help me as a future CEO build the right vision and have the right North Star as I move forward?
0: The best impact you can have, I believe, is providing somebody with a good job. We shouldn't get too um, flowery about uh, sustainability and impact and that uh, the only way somebody can have impact is by starting a company that's going to change the world or fix every problem that's out there. It's actually much more basic and achievable, and it's something that many CEOs and many companies have actually been doing for decades, way before the word sustainability became part of the business nomenclature. The best impact you can have is by providing somebody a good job. And a good job is one in which you provide someone employment in which they feel challenged when they come to work every day intellectually. Uh, it's one in which they feel like they're uh, respected for whatever it is they're doing. I don't care if it's cleaning the bathrooms or making multi-billion dollars MA decisions. Whatever that job is, they should feel like they're being uh, respected and uh, that there's transparency in terms of uh, how decisions are made. And so that's the that's the. That's the basic. And if you're just doing that, you're actually having a really important impact on the world. Beyond that, I would look at what is my company doing that's making some person's life better or some communities better or some part of our environment uh, better? How do I look through a lens that helps me see uh, with greater clarity what is the impact that I'm having?
1: How early did you know that this was sort of your calling and that, and and by the way, I love that your representation of impact and sustainability, it's not just the, you know, the traditional way that it's being presented today that either you're doing impact or you're not, but there's also variability there and, and there's ways to make tremendous impact without necessarily uh, trying to be uh, you know overly flowery about it but how early did you know that this is something that that you really are deeply passionate about and i see that it's something that is constantly you know in in your brain and it's very, also obviously very evident throughout your career that it's something that you're keeping close touch with how early did that does that go
0: very early i don't know exactly when but very early i can tell you one of the first instances of the hat was actually probably when i was 10 years old. Uh, I grew up with a single mom in Philadelphia in the 1980s. And uh, for one year, as my year of of fourth grade, uh, I had to go to uh, one of the worst public schools in Philadelphia. And in the 1980s, one of the worst public schools in Philadelphia during the crack epidemic, it was not a war zone, but as close to a war zone that you're going to get in America. And I looked around at that situation, I even distinctly remember this at at 10 years old, and recognizing that this message that we were getting, that in America it's all about pulling yourself up by the bootstraps and just working hard and whoever makes it makes it because of their work ethic and whoever didn't is because they were lazy, was a complete fallacy. And I looked around at that school and thought, there's no way anyone's making it out of here and and becoming some type of great success. I mean, maybe it happens every once in a while, but the person needs to be exceptional or their parents need to be exceptional or it's some aberration. And then from there, I got to move on to a a good public school. And then uh, even better, in seventh grade, I got to go to one of the best private schools on a scholarship uh, in uh, the United States. And so it further emphasized for me having those experiences that what actually was going on in America was not capitalism, it was not meritocracy. It was a system in which who you were born to and where you were born was probably a 90% determinant of what station you were going to have in life. And you could have all kinds of social commentary on that, but if we want to speak strictly about economics, that's not optimizing for economics or for your economy. That's not the hardest worker or the smartest person getting the best jobs. It's just not how the system is, is working. You could agree with it socially, you could disagree with it socially, it's just not capitalism. Um, and that's probably the first instance in my life of recognizing that this system can be further optimized and the world can be a better place.
1: Ron, thank you so much for these 20 minutes. I uh, gained so much inspiration and I'm going to be revisiting this talk quite a bit uh, in preparation for my own startup one day. And I can't wait to share this with my friends and family. It really, really was phenomenal. And I I appreciate all the hard work that you've done, both in the public sector and in the private sector, which feeds back into the public sector. So thank you very much for the circular economy and the closed loop partners and stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you.
0: Uh, Glad to be with you today and enjoy the conversation.